Man. Woo! It just got real in here, didn't it? That was very Baptist of us, right? That's all right. Um, yeah, thank you, Caleb. Um, he said, help him, Lord, if you didn't hear that. Uh, man, good morning. Uh, that was uh, that was for you, but it's also for me. I need to blow my nose, and I didn't want you to listen. Um, I knew if I got you hugging people, you'd ignore me, so that was good. Um, good morning. Man, uh, we're going to be in Luke 11 today, if you have your... Um, if you have your word with you, I actually, um, it's so weird, um, I don't, I don't really know why, but, um, God had me, like, bookmark two things, um, just in case, I guess, wherever we went today, um, and, uh, man, so excited about this message, so excited about, um, what we're going to begin to talk about in the next few weeks, um, we're going to start a series called In Jesus' Name, um, yeah. uh, Okay, I'm excited about it. Uh, three of you guys and me, we're ready to go on this thing. That's good. Um, in Jesus' name. Um, and if you haven't guessed, maybe by the title, we're going to be talking about prayer the next few weeks. Um, and um, I, I love that because, um, to be honest, I, I need this. Regardless of where you are, I, I need this. Um, as I was thinking about it, I was like, man, some people there going to say it's about prayer, and they're going to turn me off, like, just immediately, because we know how to pray, right? Have you ever, you ever been to church? You, you know the formula is what I mean. Like, you know, you know how to string a little Father God or Lord Jesus up in heaven or whatever on the beginning, right? And then what we do, and when we, we, when we pray, right, we Father God, and then we immediately start asking God for things. Jump right into it. Hey God, if you could do this, and 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 you could do this, you could do this, that'd be great. Amen. Hallelujah. Done. Right? Check mark. Maybe for some of us, we, we get a little deeper than that, right? Hey God, thank you for this food. Help me not to get sick. I think that's what blesses food to our bodies means. I don't really understand that phrase, but um, help me not to get sick. Amen. So we, we know like the formula of prayer, or we think that we maybe know the formula of prayer, but it, like, think about that. You, you go to God and you address him. Hey, Jesus, God, Father God, whatever your thing is, right? We all kind of start them the same way. And then you immediately move to, hey, I'm going to ask you for a bunch of stuff, and then you're done. Now let's imagine this was my relationship with you, right? So, like, the only time I ever want to talk to Nick, I'm going to use Nick because he's right here in the front looking good in them white shoes today. Um, is that weird? No. Oh, dang it. All right. I was hoping it was weird. Um, and my relationship with Nick was I'd call Nick up on the phone, and I would say, hey, Nick, how you doing? If you could do this and this and this and this and this, that'd be great. Bye. Would you say that Nick and I had a good relationship? Actually, some of you know people like that, right? They only talk to you when they need something, right? Are those your favorite people on the planet? That's like the people you're like, man, I, I need to talk to that guy. I love it when they call and ask me for money. That's my favorite. You know, like, and then I thought, but that's like what we do with God a lot of times. Hey, God, I'm here. Congratulations, you got me. Um, while I'm here... If you could do all these things, that'd be great. 
see you later. Is that really biblical prayer? Because it's what we do. But is that what we see? And if so, like, where in the world did we get that? So I thought, man, what if, what if there was a moment in the Bible that God actually taught us to pray? And here's the amazing news today. He does. He does teach us to pray. So my goal is, and I don't know how this will work, but for the next few weeks, we are only going to listen to God and what he says we should do as we pray. So this morning, we're going to be in Luke chapter 11. And if you're already there, you see at the top, it says the model prayer. The model prayer, right? So obviously talking about prayer, you've already heard it. Most of us would know this as what we think as the Lord's Prayer. But as you read it, you're going to be like, hey, you're missing some words. And it is. Because what we know, the Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be the name, thy kingdom come, thy will, you know, that thing. That's actually found in Matthew. It's Matthew, I think, chapter 6, which is part of the Sermon on, on the Mount. And, and that's a moment where Jesus steps out and he says, let me just teach you how to pray. But this is a different moment. This is a probably completely different teaching. This is not found inside of the Sermon on the Mount. And this morning, we're just going to listen to Jesus. What does Jesus say about prayer? And in 11, it says he was praying in a certain place. Actually, pause just a second. Um, this is going to bug me the whole time, and it's going to bug you the whole time. So I'm going to do this again. Yeah, thank you. Um, sorry, it's not pleasant, but I was crying during worship, and it just is what it is, so you'll live. Um, <laughs> let's go back. Uh, Luke 11 starts out like this. It says, he was praying. Now, he being Jesus is the person that's talking about. Jesus was praying. I always look at that and think that's a little crazy, don't you? Like, Jesus was praying. You might ever think of like the implications of that. Jesus is God. He's part of the Trinity. He's fully connected to the Father. But while Jesus was on this planet, he, he prayed. He talked to the Father. Now, I look at that, and I'm like, that's a lot like talking to yourself because he is God. But, you know, whatever. But Jesus prayed. And this isn't like the only time you ever find this. It's amazing. Jesus was always kind of withdrawing and praying, getting alone and praying, getting by himself with God and praying. Jesus did that a lot. And if Jesus being deity felt the need to pray, how much more should we pray? See, the, the, the greatest argument for the fact that God's people should pray is because God in the flesh actually prayed. Like if Jesus needed to pray, he could do anything. He could command anything. If he needed to pray... It's so important that we pray. And, and you start thinking, right? Like, what would Jesus need to ask God for? He could do everything. So maybe there's like a flag here that, that's already telling us, just in the fact that Jesus prayed, that maybe prayer is not all about asking God for things. And it says that he was praying, and he was praying in a certain place. He didn't really need us to know what that place is, because if we knew what that place was, we'd go there and we would pray, because we think that was the only place you were allowed to pray, because that's how our brains work, because we, we like to think formula, and part of the formula is the place, and he's like, does it really matter? It's just a place. Jesus was pray praying in a place, and it says, when he finished, one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray. It's a good question, right? 
Lord, we, we need you to teach us to pray. Can you teach us to pray? Uh, and then he goes on, he says, just as John also taught his disciples. So you, so you see the disciples are around. Jesus is close enough to see, right? He's over there praying. They know he's praying. It's amazing that Jesus modeled prayer not only for himself, but he modeled it for other people. There was an example of prayer in Jesus. And the disciples saw this and they thought, man, that's amazing. That's amazing. Teach us to pray. Now, I just want to remind us that these disciples are people from the most religious nation that's ever been on the planet. You're like, America, it's a country, it's a nation under God. Yeah, it's nothing on Israel. Like these were the most religious people that ever lived. They're God's chosen people very from, from like the very beginning of the book, right? These are God's chosen people, and they took pride in their religion. They, they, they had the law, God spoke to them, and, and they knew how to pray. All these men were from Israel, and they would have known how to pray. They would have known the formula. When they seen Jesus pray, there was something different about the way Jesus prayed than anything they'd ever witnessed before or anything they'd ever done. Just imagine watching Jesus pray. Like, if anybody can get a prayer through into heaven, like, Jesus is the guy, right? Like, if Jesus could just come down and pray with us or for us, we'd be confident every single time that God would hear and answer that prayer. So they're watching Jesus pray over and over and over and over again. And we're like 11 chapters in. This is not the first time they've ever seen Jesus pray. And just one day they're like, man, I, I, I need to pray like that. So they go to Jesus and they're like, hey, you, you got to teach us to do that. Whatever that is, that's what we want to do, right? We want the formula. Can you tell us how to do that thing? And some of you are like, Brad's going to give us like a 12-step today. and We're going to know how to pray. We leave. That's not what we're doing. Um, but, but they're like, give me the formula. How do you pray like that? John taught his disciples, you got to teach us, right? John did it, you got to do it. It's only fair. If John's going to teach his disciples, then Jesus, we're your disciples. You just teach us how to pray. Teach us how to pray. And Jesus does this kind of amazing thing. He says to them, whenever you pray, say or pray like this, depending on which translation you have. Why is that amazing? Here's Jesus, who they've been around for whatever time length 11 chapters is now. They've seen him pray. He knows, I've chosen you out of the people of Israel. You're the most religious people that have ever been, right? You've been around church. But what Jesus doesn't do is ridicule them at this moment. You know how to pray. You've been praying for years, man. Well, what do you mean teach you how to pray? He doesn't do any of that, right? He doesn't make fun of them. He doesn't look down on them. He's not like, gosh, dummy, you should have asked this earlier. He doesn't do any of that stuff. He's like, actually, I've just been waiting on you to ask for like 11 chapters. <laughs> Maybe for some of us today, I've just been waiting on you to ask for like 30 years, right? You can still laugh. It's okay. <laughs> and he says, whenever you pray, say or pray like this. I just want to make that distinction because some of us are going to jump immediately to the formula and we're going to think every time we pray, we need to pray these exact words. And that is not what Jesus is saying. This is like more of scaffolding. This is like, here's, here's, here's what prayer really is. He's not teaching us the words to say. He's teaching us about prayer itself. He's not teaching us a formula or a checklist or a thing to do. He's teaching us what prayer really is. And he's saying, when you pray... Pray like this. And then he starts just praying, right? He says, Father. He addresses God. 
Now, I think it's amazing here that the first thing Jesus tells us to do in our prayer is address God, but the name that he chooses to use for us to address God is not, oh, high and mighty, oh, God that created the universe. God did a lot of things, right? He could have chose any title, anything, oh, holy one, oh, perfect one, oh, good one, oh, man upstairs. He could have done any of that stuff, right? But here in this moment, Jesus chooses to say, when you pray, I want you to say, Father. Now, this is not just the title, right? This is what we do. We jump to the formula. Like, okay, Father, would you do this and this and this and this, right? So it's already do that, right? Father, God. We're like holy it up because we don't feel good. We don't feel like we can call God just Father, But what's he really saying? He says, when you pray, call him daddy. When you pray, I want you to say, daddy. I want you to talk like you're talking to your dad. Jesus gives us permission as followers of God to address God, not as, oh, God who's far away from us, oh, God who maybe cares and maybe doesn't care, oh, God who's too big really to be bothered by my small request. He says, when you talk to him, I want you to realize you are talking to daddy. So what is prayer? Well, this is a relational word, isn't it? It's, it's a relational word. Prayer, in, in the essence of what it is, isn't about asking God for things. Prayer, in the essence of what it is, is relational. It is a relationship. And he said, I want you to realize when you're speaking, you're not just asking God for things. You're coming and you're talking to Daddy. Somebody that you should have a relationship with. Now, I know like some of us hear that and we're like, Dad, I don't really have a relationship with my dad or I'm not close to my dad or I don't know my dad or my dad was a jerk. And you go through all those things, right? Because we've all, we've all had different experiences with that. God is not just a new version of your imperfect father. God is the perfected version of your father. He's what a daddy should be. And when Jesus says, hey, when you talk to him, I want you to realize you're building a relationship and you're talking to daddy. He's saying, you're not talking to some mean, stubborn man that likes to hit you when you do wrong and doesn't care anything really about what you do as long as you follow the rules. You're not talking to some guy who dropped you off with mom and then never showed up again. You're not talking to some guy who cares less about you. You're talking to the perfect father. Everything a daddy should be, that's the daddy we're talking to right now, is what he's saying. And when you talk to him, the first thing you need to realize is, man, he is in love with you. He's your daddy, and he's proud of it. He loves you. This is Jesus here, and he's saying, I talk to him like he's my dad because he is. And I just want you to know when you pray, you pray like me. If you want to get a hold of God, you, you need to start out with recognition that he is daddy. And you're not talking to some guy who could care less about your prayers. He delights to meet with you. This is dad. He wants to sit down and talk. This is dad. He wants to go to the game. This is dad. He wants to hang out. He wants to know you and be known by you. This is that daddy. And you're not bugging him. You're not bothering him. He loves talking to you. Not only does he love talking to you, he wants what is best for you. Now, that's not always fun, right? Because what's best for me is not always what I want, but it's what he wants. 
And when I talk to daddy, I can be assured when he talks back, it's out of that place of I want what's best for you. We're talking to a daddy who's for us, not against us. He's not trying to hurt you or harm you. He's trying to love you. He's trying to wrap you up in what, what's best for you. He's like, oh, yeah, there, there are rules with this thing. I'm trying to keep you from getting run over. That's why I say don't play in the road. But if we get nothing else today, what I want us to get is prayer is a relational thing. It's not something where we come to God and we're like, I want to rub the magic God lamp and see what wishes he will grant me today. It's spending time with daddy. And that's what Jesus is saying. And then I started thinking about it. Like how many of us or do I, when I pray, pray like this? Daddy, oh God, I know that you love me. When I ask, do I, do I ask knowing that there's a love there? Do I, do I just sit down and start out, Dad, what, what do you want to say today? Dad, what do you have today? Dad, I'm, I'm here. I want to spend time with you. You know, I looked it up, uh, I think, yesterday. Um, most Christians spend one minute a day in prayer. That's a pretty healthy number, really. Father, thank you for this food. Bless it to our bodies. Done. That didn't take a minute. Do that three times a day. That didn't take a minute. Tack four or five more words on. That didn't take a minute. If we pray before we go to bed, right? Hey, Father, if you could just let us wake up in the morning, that'd be great. Like, how long does that take if we even stay awake long enough to do it? How many of my prayers are, God, I just want to hear from you. God, I just want to meet with you, Dad. I just want to be with you. I just want, I want to feel your love today, and I want to love you back today. I'm just here. How, do I think of prayer as a relational thing, or do I think of it at a moment where I'm just like, hey, God, I want this stuff, by." And if that's me, what kind of relationship is that? And Jesus looks at these guys who know the formula, right? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to come and I'm going to give God this title, hey, God who built the stars, whatever, right, and try to, try to be holy. I'm going I'm to give God just off the bat a title that I can't identify with, and then I'm going to pray this prayer hoping that God's going to come through and do what I'm asking him to do. And then I'm done. And he looks at these guys and he's like, dude, I've just been waiting for you to ask. <laughs> you, you could pray like me. Why, why does Jesus even need to pray? Jesus isn't praying to ask God for things. He can do everything. Jesus is praying to spend time with the Father. Daddy, I'm here. Daddy, I got away from the crowd for a minute because I just want to be with you. Daddy, I, I left them, I love them, but I left them just over there because I, I want to be over here and I just want to be with you and I want to hear what you say and I don't really want to hear what they say right now. I just need to be with you. This is us time, Daddy. What do you want me to do today? Where are we going today? Daddy, I love you. Daddy, I just want to be with you. So he says, when you pray, First thing I want you to do is I want you to realize what you're doing. I want you to realize that you're speaking to a God who loves you, the, uh, the perfect father that's who you're talking to, and, and you're not here just to ask for stuff. You're just here to meet with him. Prayer is relational. Now let's just be honest. Most of us are just floored by that. Because we've never heard that. We've never looked at it that way, and we've never prayed that way. 
why do you pray for one minute? Because I'm just here to check in. I'm not here to meet with you. He says, when you pray, I want you to say, Father. And then he says, your name be honored as holy. Your name be honored as holy. I want you to start out and I want you to realize this is the Father who loves you, who cares about you so intensely and indescribably. This is God who, who is the perfect Father and who wants what's best for you. This is Him. But then I want you to realize, all right, it's not even the words that we're praying. I want you to realize that this, this Father is not just like a Father. He's a holy Father. He's a holy Father. Now for us, like our understanding of holy is all wrapped up in what we've experienced. It's holy means to us to be set apart by God for God. If, if you're holy, which God declares you that if you are his, it means that you're set apart for God. Every, everything that is set apart for God is, is what we can relate to as holy. We've never seen anything that's holy in itself. God picks what's holy and God sets it aside. But I don't think God is set apart by God for God. It's like obvious, right? God is the only thing in all of the creation, right, that is holy in himself. He's intrinsically holy. He's just holy. Nobody had to declare it over him or speak it over him. He's holy. And we can't relate to that term, and the angels sing it. Look at, look at Isaiah, I think it's 6, right? Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. The whole earth is full of his glory. What they're not saying is set apart, set apart, set apart is God. This word holy, when, it, when it's implied, applied to God, is a word that means transcendence or above or different or unlike anything else in a class of its own. that He stands apart from the rest. That God is so different from everything in the whole of our experience. God is above, above, above is what the angels are singing. God is more, more, more is what the angels are singing. Everything you've ever experienced, God is more than that. Everything you've ever experienced, God is above that. When, and, and what he's saying here when he says, your name be honored as holy, it's that we need to realize that this God that we're praying to is more. That he's above, that he's something else. In other words, this God that we're praying to, this Father that we're meeting with that loves us is, is the very God that spoke all of creation into existence. That he is the star breather, that this God is a God with all power and authority on, in heaven and on earth. That this is that God. Who says, your name be honored as holy. He's saying we need to remember when we pray that God is holy. And he's not saying, okay, you go from this section of I'm loved to you go to this section of I can't relate to. What he's saying is everything you say, remember that this God you're talking to has the power. Everything you ask for, everything you talk about, you need to remember that this God that we're speaking to is ultimately the most powerful thing in all of creation. This is that God as we speak. This is him. And for some of us, we're like, oh man, well that now I've got to go back from I'm loved, I loved, I'm loved, and I've got to go to something else. And that's not what he's saying. He's not saying that so we have a God that we used to be able to relate to at the beginning of the prayer, and now we can't relate to. What he's saying is when we meet with God, even though he's our father and he loves us, man, we need to be in wonder at this. Your name be honored as holy. What, what is he saying? I'm not holy. You're not holy. 
And really, we shouldn't even be here. We're not just right under God or a little bit under God or just kind of almost God, right? Like we are so far different. The gulf is so vast. He's above, above, above us. He's more, more, more than us. And we meet in this place, man. It should should make us in awe. You, You mean to tell me that I can, in this moment, in this place, I can just start talking to this Father in heaven who created the universe and he pays attention to me? We should, we should constantly be in a place of amazement that we have like a direct line to God, that we can speak to God. And then when we speak to God, God listens to us. That should put us in awe right there. Isn't that amazing to you that in this place, being who you are and him being who he is, that when you say, Daddy, his ears perk up and he's paying attention to you? You don't deserve that. You didn't earn that. We we're so different, but that's that love of God that is so like overwhelming, right? It's so ununderstandable. When we say, hey, God, I need to talk to you. God says, hey, I'm right here. And we don't take the time to pray. Like prayer is the most amazing thing ever, isn't it? Prayer, like just think about what it is. God is trying to have relationship with us, and he wants to talk to us in such a way that when we say, hey, Dad, he's like, hey, I'm right here. What you got? What do you what do you want to do? What do you want? To... Daddy who shouldn't be here. Daddy who shouldn't listen to me. Daddy who really I should have no communication with other than Jesus. I don't have any communication with Daddy. Show me, right? Who you are. Your name be honored as holy. Show me. Show me what that is. I don't even know. Daddy, teach me about you. Daddy, I don't understand holy. I've never been holy. I don't even know what holy is, really. Just teach, teach me about holy. What's holy? What, what, are you? what are you? What do you do? What do you like? What do you, what do you not like? What do you, God, teach me about you. It's, it's a relational thing. is when you pray realize who you're talking to right holy holy daddy and then he says that we pray your kingdom come your kingdom come we have do you realize that we're like halfway through the prayer and we've never even got to a place of hey this is what i want and if you could do this and help me to blah 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 we're halfway through, and it's still isn't about us, right? There's this recognition of who God is. There's this ability to have relationship with God that's at the beginning of the prayer. And then we start to speak, and our, our speaking should be like this. Your kingdom come. Daddy, let your kingdom come. Daddy, just, just come, right? What, what's he talking about there? I think two things. I think one, he's talking about physically we should pray, Daddy, I just want to be with you. If you could just come back right now, like if you could just come here, if you could leave heaven and you could physically just come down, if you could come back, I just want to be with you. Daddy who loves me and who wants what's best for me, I I want to be with you. Your kingdom come. You come. I want you to come here. It's that longing in our prayer. God, I just want to be with you right now. 
Because mostly it's right, like I want this thing and I want this thing and I want this thing to make this comfortable. And he's like, don't even pray about this. Like what we want above anything else because what's best, what the perspective is, is being with God is the best and I want God to be here. So we pray, we, we pray and there's this recognition or this revelation of who God is. And then out of that comes, I want to be with you. See, that's what relationship does. It's not, God, I want you to just take me to heaven when I die, but I really want to be here for like 90 years. And if I could go in my sleep without pain, that'd be the plus. Or you could just come back, take me up. I don't want to hurt. I don't want pain, right? But if while I'm here, you could give me money and a new car and a new house and you can make everything easy. Like that's, that's the prayer. And it's not like, that's not how Jesus prayed. And when the disciples said, hey, how do we pray? What's he say? You, you got to realize who you're talking to. There has to be this revelation that you're speaking to God. And you shouldn't be speaking to God. And it's not just some God who's far off. It's this daddy who loves you and wants what's best for you. And when we have that revelation, what it does is it brings us into this moment where we just want to be with him. Does my prayer life bring a longing for God? When I talk to God, does it bring a longing to want to be with God, to leave this place? And you're like, I got stuff to do. Well, that's great. Because I want to go to heaven. I want to be with God. I either want to go there or I want him to come here. I don't have anything I need to check off the list. Because really, what's a promotion compared to being with God? It's what relationship does. It brings revelation. And the whole first part of the prayer is like, realize who you're talking to. And then when you realize who you're talking to, there'll be this longing to be with that person. So we're praying your kingdom come. And it, yes, it's physically, but it's also spiritually. God, if you're not coming back right now, like I want to be your kingdom. Let it come in me. I want to I be more like you. If I can't be with you, make me more like you. It's this bending of this will. There's almost this moment of praise in the prayer, right? Like I'm, I'm praying, and, and what I'm doing is as I recognize who God is and I have this revelation of God, it brings this moment where I'm like, God, I just I want to be with you, and if I can't be with you, I want to be like you. That's why Paul prays things like or says things like, you know what, to live as Christ. If I can't be with him, I want to be like him. <laughs> I mean, to die is gain. I'd give this up in a second. See, there's this revelation because relationship brings revelation. It says, your name be honored as holy, your kingdom come. And then there's this moment where he's like, now you can ask. He says, give us each day our daily bread. What are we asking for? We're asking for everything we want, right? Genie God, I want to win the lottery. If you've prayed that and it worked, awesome. I've prayed and it hadn't. <laughs> Genie God, I need a new car. Genie God, I need these things, uh, blah, 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 right? That's not what he's talking about. Actually, this is a brave prayer. You can only pray this prayer with revelation of who he is. He's saying, give us today what I need for today. 
I love this image of this daily bread because it draws us back, and, and especially them as Jewish people, to this area where they were wandering around the wilderness with God, remember? Left Egypt. Every morning they'd wake up and there'd be this manna, this bread from heaven, this seed all over the ground. They'd take it and they'd bake bread with it. Probably the best tasting thing you can imagine, really. It's God bread. It's got Marita beat, right? And God said, you know what? Don't take enough for tomorrow. There's one day, right? They got to take enough for the next day, and it's because they weren't supposed to do anything the next day. But all the other days, you're supposed to take just enough for that day. God, I trust you that when I wake up in the morning, you'll give me what I need for tomorrow. And then when I wake up the next day, you're going to give me what I need for that day. And when I wake up the next day, you're going to give me what I need for that day. See, revelation brings this trust. That God, I don't need storehouses full of things. I have daddy who loves me and I don't need to worry about tomorrow because when tomorrow gets here I have that same daddy who loves me and he'll take care of tomorrow I just want you to just take care of today so give me today what I need for today not too much because I might not need you and not too little because I might think you left me but just enough for today And then it says in four, and forgive us our sins. Revelation brings repentance. I think this is amazing because for most of us, right, we we did that prayer. We come down, we walked in front of people, and we did the whole, I'm a sinner and I need Jesus, right? Forgive me of my sins. We're like, I done did that. I did that prayer. I see, something happens in, in this moment of revelation. Rev- relationship brings revelation. God, this is who you are, and this is who I am. And the more I see who you are, the more I truly see who I am. And there's this gap that comes because I'm not like you. And revelation brings repentance. God, I'm not like you. I'm supposed to be like you, and I want to be like you. And I'm praying, God, make me more like you. But God, where I'm not like you, make me, make me more like you, but forgive me. Forgive me. God, I see that you, you, you are holy, and you are good, and you want what's best for me, and sin is not best for me, and I need every day to repent. It's this idea that in every prayer, every day, that, that there's this part of me that's like, God, even the things that I don't know that I'm doing wrong, I want you to forgive me. Forgive us our sins. And then it says this, and I love it, and our soul, sorry, for we ourselves also forgive everyone in debt to us. It's just like implied, right? Not God help me to forgive, but I mean, I do that. You know why we do that? Because relationship brings revelation. God never should have forgiven us, right? We were the aggressor. We were the offender. We were the one who rebelled against God. We, and you're like, I haven't ever rebelled. I haven't picked up a spear and chased after God. No, you chose other things. He created everything, and you were like, I'd rather have that thing you created than you. You've devalued God. God breathed everything, and you're like, but I like that. So I choose the thing that you made, not the one who made it. That's rebellion. And every one of us have done that. 
God, I don't see you as you are. I don't value you for what you are. I'm impressed with creation, but I'm not impressed with the creator. That is to devalue God. It's to profane the name of God, and that is the essence of rebellion. God is the most beautiful thing there ever is or ever will be, and we choose to worship golden cows and TV. And see, when we see that, right, when there's this relationship and it brings revelation, we, we begin to see ourselves as who we are, and we're like, God, I'm, I'm not worthy of any of this. I'm not worthy of your love. You, you breathed out the stars. You sent your son to die for me. I'm not worthy of that. You took all my sins on you, every bad that I've ever done, and I'm horribly bad. You t- I'm the worst kind of bad. You took all that bad on you, and you took things that should have been for me. The wrath of God was for me, but you took it on you. And at great cost to yourself, you forgave me and freed me. And see, when you realize that, what that does is, yes, it makes you ask for forgiveness. It brings you to this place of repentance, but it automatically brings you into a place of, nobody's done me like that. The worst anyone has ever done to you has never nailed you to a cross. You've never had to endure the wrath of God because God made a way that you would never have to endure the wrath of God. And the way he did that was to fully experience the wrath of God. So if you've never experienced the wrath of God, yet Jesus experienced the wrath of God for you, there's nobody that can do anything that's that bad. I'm not making light of what you've had done to you. I'm just saying that the recipe is forgiven people, forgive people. Factual information. And the prayer assumes it, right? God, forgive us just like we forgive. And what if that was the prayer God answered? God, I want you to forgive me in the way that I forgive others. Man, some of us would be in trouble, right? God, I want the amount of forgiveness that I show. And then he says, and don't bring us into temptation. Was it James that we read yesterday in the small group? James 1 um, says that God doesn't tempt because God is not tempted. So God, don't bring us into temptation. What, What are we really asking for there? Because God is already a God who doesn't bring us into temptation. What are we really asking for? Well, what is, what is sin? To see something that God created and value it over the creator. So what are we praying? We're praying, God, I want to see you as the most valuable thing in all creation. We pray, God, don't bring us into temptation. What we're saying is, God, blind me to everything else. Because, God, above everything else, I want to value you. God, I don't want to look at that thing that you made and think that it's somehow it's greater than the maker. God, make me see you as supremely valuable.
And we look at that, right? And it's like, but Brad, you said you weren't going to give us a formula. And that, in fact, if you did numbers, is a formula, right? Start your prayer with Father. Then say something about him being above you. Then say something about his kingdom coming, getting close to him. I can do all that. Hey, Dad. You're really good at stuff. I want you to come back. But if you don't come back, make me more like you. That's, that's a formula, right? We can leave here today and we can pray every bit of that. You could even pray the stuff after that, right? Okay, I'm not supposed to ask for excessive things, so God, just give me what I need today. Going to Burger King, if I could find $5, that'd be awesome. Oh, yeah, and forgiveness. And, and forgive me for whatever I do, whatever that is. I don't really think it's that bad, but, you know, it's whatever. I'm going to do the thing. Help me to forgive other people, because sometimes I'm kind of a jerk. They deserve it. Oh, yeah, and I want to see you as valuable. Amen, hallelujah, done, right? That's a formula. And for some of us, that's, that's, that's what you got today, but that's not what Jesus is saying to these people. Anybody can do that. Anybody can manufacture a prayer like that. It's not, it's not a, a set of things we do. It's, it's an attitude shift. To truly get a hold of God, to truly pray is not going through some formula. I could hand that to anybody today, right? I could go to Walmart and I could be like, hey, person I've never met, I don't know what religion you are, but read this. Man, I just prayed like Jesus told me to pray. I'm getting connected. It's not a set of steps or a formula. It's an attitude shift. What he's saying is when you come to God, before anything else, I want you to realize that prayer is not just something we do. It's it's just the thing that we use to build this relationship. If you want to love God more, and you want to feel loved by God more, not be loved by God more, but feel loved by God more, then the first thing we got to do is shift our attitude to, to prayer is not some function that we do in the Christian life. Prayer is a relational thing that we just do with God because we want to be with God. Why did Jesus pray? Jesus who could do anything and who, who, could, who could never need to ask God for anything. Why did that guy pray? Because he wanted to talk to his dad. And if you're going to pray, and you're really going to pray, that's the motivation right there at the beginning of it. I want to talk to my dad. God, I didn't come here to ask you for stuff today. I just want to meet with you. I want to be with you. I want to close my eyes. I want to leave this place, and I just want to spend time with you. Why do you think Jesus says in, I think it's Matthew 5 or 6, he's like, when you pray, don't pray like the hypocrites, but go in, don't pray in front of people, but go and get in the closet. What's he saying? Shut out everything else because this is God time. This is time to spend with the Father. Why do you think Jesus removed himself from people when he went to pray? Because prayer is relational. And if we ever want a relationship with God, man, it's got to be here. You're like, but I read. So do I. And reading has taught me a lot about God. But I don't want to leave this place just knowing a lot of stuff about God. I want to know God. 
And when we start to look at prayer as, as, this, as this relational thing, what it does is it brings revelation of who God is. Isn't it crazy that I can just go over here and I can kneel down and I can shut my eyes and in that moment as I start just talking to God, God listens to me. What a loving God. What a good God. What, what a God that wants good for me. Dad, I'm here. Let's just sit here a while. We think the whole time, because we don't like silence, right? We just got to talk at God for whatever time we can think of things to say, and we don't ever just sit and listen. God, what do you want to say? God, I'm not here to just talk at you. I want to spend time with you, Daddy. Relationship brings revelation. It's not a formula, it's an attitude shift. We got that on the wall. See, prayer leads us into relationship. And relationship leads to revelation. Relation, or revelation, leads us to reliance. God, give me today what I need for today. And repentance. And all that leads to a revolution. shift in our life prayer leads to relationship and relationship leads to revelation God begins to show us who he is and revelation leads to reliance God I know you're going to do what I need today God I know that you love me and I don't even have to ask but I'm going to ask I just want what you need what I can have for today whatever that is and it leads to repentance God I'm not like you but I want to be like you and all of that will change your life. Because all that leads us from a religion-based system of doing the thing and checking the box into a place of, Daddy, I'm here. Daddy, I'm here. And I want you. Let's pray.